Hello, and thank you for joining You've Been Talking. I'm your host, Michelle Eubin. When you're in the business of marketing a product, you sell people something they want or need. But when what you're selling is community impact, and you have to convince people to care about someone else's problem, the challenge is a lot greater. How do you get people to care and persuade them to invest in their neighbor's well-being? The United Way of the Big Bend has been a massive force in charitable giving for more than 30 years, and their new president, CEO Bernice Cox, wields the tools of communication with skill and power. The United Way's secret sauce is a medley of education, storytelling, and reporting. Educate people about the profound human needs in our community. Put a human face on that need by sharing the stories of real people who are helped. And report measurable impacts with hard data. Two years ago, the United Way of the Big Bend charted a new strategic direction focused on one central problem, poverty. More than half of the region's residents qualify as poor or among the working poor, one emergency away from poverty. Now, besides everyday emergencies like a car breaking down or an unexpected medical bill, COVID-19 poses a universal crisis. However great a threat COVID-19 is to the rest of us, to people in poverty, the threat is dire. If you're an hourly worker, you can't afford to miss a day of work, so you show up and put yourself at risk. If you depend on public transportation or live in a crowded household, social distancing is a little harder to pull off. If school is closed and your children depend on their school for two hot meals a day, you wonder how you'll feed them. If you have no broadband internet at home and your children can't do their schoolwork on a computer, you wonder how they'll ever catch up. In the midst of all this, enter Bernice Cox. We spoke to Bernice before the COVID-19 outbreak about United Way's new strategic direction and how communication plays a role in achieving its goals. These insights are more important than ever, as now COVID-19 is pushing an increasingly big population to the brink of financial disaster. Many families are depending on the United Way and their partners for their next meal and other critical services. And to be able to provide those, the United Way must successfully capture the hearts of donors and volunteers with their message. Let's take a listen. Bernice, thank you for being with us today. I'm so happy to be here, Michelle. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about nonprofit communication, because, uh, you know, to be effective, uh, a nonprofit has to share its value proposition, has to get people to care, has to touch those emotional triggers and get people invested in their mission. So United Way of the Big Bend, uh, just a little over a year ago, underwent an entire new strategic direction. And you've had a lot to communicate to get people to understand uh, that and to get them bought in. Talk to us about that a little bit. It was a major shift, Michelle. And and the reason it was a major shift is because it's United Way of the Big Bend, that's Leon County and seven surrounding counties. And what we found through uh, an ALICE report, and that's Asset Limited Income Constrained Employed, is that uh, we have in the Big Bend area almost 53% uh, of our neighbors are either living in poverty or they're living paycheck to paycheck and they are close to poverty, just one crisis away from being there. 
uh, we have, uh, so when you're talking about that, you're talking about one and two people. So it's someone that you recreate with. It's someone that you go to church with. There's many sitting there. They're people that you work with. Uh, and they don't want to self-identify. Uh, and you don't want, they don't have to self-identify. But we can, we can reach out and educate and, and let the employers know that we have services available uh, that can help them. But also, when they're your neighbors, uh, it's a it's a compelling story because it's it's people that that live with us uh, and people like I said people that we know. Has that been enough communicating that statistic? Has that been enough to get people to say, well, we've got to do something about this? I think what gets enough is is people understanding that yes, I I, I was talking to someone today. It, it may not be enough. I think we actually actually have to have a uh, an intentional. Uh, communications plan moving forward uh, to I- identify those places where we can actually talk about it, but also videos and social media and every every which way we can touch every generation because every generation communicates differently uh, and making sure that we're highlighting each of the generations in, in that communication. I was talking to someone today, though, who decided to give to United Way at a $10,000 level for the first time, and that decision was based on the fact that we were, we were laser-focused on poverty and those that are living paycheck to paycheck. This is someone who's an owner of a company who knows that in his company he has folks that are in the Alice population. They're working, they're working hard, but he knows they're struggling. And it's not because they come to him, it's because he's, he understands they could not be living on that one salary. That it would be very difficult to, to live on that one salary. And he made that commitment based on the fact that he, that he knows about our laser focus on poverty in the Alice population. That's, that's very hopeful. It that, is hopeful. Yeah. But I do know, I, I'm, I'm also realistic, I know there has to be more of that, uh, uh, more communication. And the only way people will uh, hear about the great things that United Way funds support is, is through our communication um, and, and the stories, and there's many of them out there. So let's talk a little bit about that and the power of storytelling. I, I really um, think you were courageous in sharing your own personal story and that there was a, an earlier time in your life where uh, you were in a situation where one uh, uh, bad event could uh, put you in financial jeopardy and so many of our neighbors live that way. Uh, talk to me about how you're using stories to get people to um, become bought into your mission? Well, it's it's hard to tell your personal story. I certainly didn't self-identify when I was working a full-time job and two part-time jobs to support my son. Um, and I, what I didn't share, and I'm going to share with you today, is I was raised in poverty. I came from a family of seven. Uh, we didn't think we were in poverty. I mean, we as children didn't think we were in poverty because we grew up on a farm and we had food to eat. Uh, cousins gave me clothing, uh, or I got hand-me-downs from my sisters because I was the last of seven. Uh, and then I was the first generation. I was the first one in my family to graduate college. Uh, and then I was, you know, and everybody was, I mean, I was proud. I was so, so, so happy that I could have, have done that and succeeded. And then I found myself, uh, after going through a divorce, a single parent and feeling that, having that feeling again where I was working a full-time job, and like I said, two part-time jobs, and struggling to make ends meet. There was no savings, there was no buying a home. There was, how do I pay my utility bills and my phone bills and make sure that my son has clothing and food and childcare. I understand, I don't understand completely, but I understand and know what some of the folks that we're wanting to help go through. I've been there maybe not the same circumstances, but I certainly know both poverty and I know Alice. I know it intimately. 
and there are many people out there that do. There are people that would surprise you. I know after sharing uh, my story through a video about being a single mother and being in the Alice population, I had four different people that you would never have thought were in those same situations talk to me about and share their personal stories. Um, and I just think that's critical uh, in, in making sure that you know how, how this would help. We, we have a lot more in common with our neighbors than, than we might think. You know, those who are, um, who are struggling to, to make ends meet and keep food on the table for a family. Now let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Your brand is so much more than a logo. It's your customer's first impression, the full experience you give your audience. It's what makes you memorable. To tap into your maximum branding potential, check out saxmedia.com. Under the old model, people were used to being able to look at a list of charitable organizations, a long list, and select the one that they wanted their funds to go to. Uh, but in, in that case, you provided a very small part of their budget potentially and weren't having a big impact. What's the new model and, and why is it uh, more compelling for someone to give? Well, in the old model, I, the, in Leon County, we had 38 certified agencies. There were more uh, inclusive in the other counties, but we had 38 certified agencies. And what we found in going through our strategic plan and, and, and really going through a rigorous review is that for some of those agencies, we were only one to 2% of, the, of their budget. And that was enough numbers to go, we're not really making an impact. Are we really changing lives? If you're only 1% or 2% of the budget, you're not making a significant impact. With our new model, uh, we are looking at the impact, and we're not just 1% or 2% of, of, of these uh, programs' budgets that we're supporting. We're also measuring those outcomes. Uh, we're, we really want to see, are we making, uh, I'm using the word moving the needle, but are we actually moving the needle? It's not numbers served, but are we transitioning folks out of poverty into uh, an Alice population would be a graduation for them. That would be a whole new different area. Can we move them into middle income? Can mm -hmm. we eventually get there? Uh, and so looking at programs where, where we're able to have a more significant impact where we can actually use those dollars and really hope to see some of those outcomes and, and the measures that we want to see. And, and how soon do you think the, the community will get that uh, those impact reports. We'll be able to see the needle moving. Well, the, it's it's not going to be, I mean, it's not an overnight thing. I mean, whenever you're trying to, to measure how you're making an impact on poverty or the Alice population, but but the second year, uh, we're in a, uh, a multi-year funding. Uh, we fund for two years now. It's the first time we've done this. Uh, historically, we've never done this before. So that second year, we'll get a real good read on that. And that will be uh, the end of 2020, where we'll get a, a better read on that. The, we won't get the report out until early 2021, but that'll give us more of an idea of, of where we are. So Bernice, among your many accomplishments, you are a, an expert communicator, and uh, we know that persuasion uh, rhetoric is, is aided by uh, logical arguments, uh, appeals to emotion, and then ethos or credibility. How, how do you see each of those playing a role in communicating United Way's new mission? What's really important is that the United Way of the Big Ben is a trusted leader. Uh, our United Way of the Big Ben has been here for 77 years. Uh, and folks know that 
when they uh, invest in United Way, that they're investing in someone that they know has a record of uh, really uh, taking those dollars and investing them in, in nonprofits that are financially viable, that they know can sustain, have sustainability. That's one of the areas where we do a rigorous review is the, the finances to make sure that it's a nonprofit that is going to be there uh, after, after we've given, uh, given them the, the funds or allocated funds to them. I believe that um, that's real important to have someone, to have an organization that you have trust and faith in. And then I think if you look historically, uh, the support that we've given the community uh, and the help that we've given, and we look at this new model, and when you know you have the large numbers that we have, 53%, that's staggering. That's not something you gloss over. That is a staggering number. One, two folks that live in our community and the seven counties that surround us live in poverty or the Alice population. That requires action. That that just requires action. Yeah. And United Way is ready to do it and, and already is doing it, but ready to do it in a more significant way. Well, and the fact that you're so uh, outcome-oriented and you're going to be able to report quantifiable results um, for someone who, who is going to make a decision based on uh, their head. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the storytelling component, as you said, when you uh, can put a, a human face on it and understand the walk that our neighbors, some of our neighbors are experiencing and really have that emotional appeal, uh, you, you have the ability to hit all three of those. And you're absolutely right. And the investors that really make the decision uh, with their head, uh, I, I mean, head, heart, mm -hmm. their heart's included, but sometimes they really need that. And I've I've met with one who gives quite a quite a bit of money to United Way of the Big Ben, has, has for years and believes in it. But he is so excited to see those quantifiable measures. He, he is really looking forward to, to digesting um, that information. And then there's the flip side, the emotional appeal. I... Uh, you know, I don't think anyone can hear Sarah McLaughlin's uh, in the arms of an angel uh, without uh, tearing up and remembering the 3,000 times you saw uh, a shivering puppy. Uh, but, you know, as much as that's become kind of a cliche ad, it was extremely effective. It's raised more than, I think, uh, $110 million since it first aired in 2007. Uh, so... You talk about storytelling. There, there is a role to evoke the emotions of people that we have a, a problem in our community and we can do something about it. And, and we have, a, an, unfortunately, we have a lot of those stories to tell. And I, I think uh, with any organization, uh, they want to that you want to do that and you want to do it better. And, and there's a commitment to do it better. And maybe some and, and somehow creatively and different. Uh, I think that's really important. The model for United Way's uh, fundraising has for a long time been workplace giving, payroll deduction, which uh, has provided a really stable fundraising base. Mm -hmm. uh, but w younger people are a little bit different in how they give. I, I guess the good news is that Gen Zs and millennials uh, are very philanthropic. They're very motivated to make sure that their purchases, for instance, uh, are, are contributing to a greater societal good. But uh, they've been a little more resistant to contribute in, in the way that uh, United Way has 
traditionally done it. How are you uh, meeting the needs of those generations and getting them involved? I, I think you have to with technology. I think we just we just launched a text to give recently. Uh, I think that speaks to millennials and Gen uh, and and the Gen Zs. I I. I the stories, I think, will speak uh, on how we actually uh, allocate the funds and where the funds go. Uh, but any way we can make it easier to give uh, and also connect it to a story uh, is really important. To connect it to a real-life story uh, and to a real-life person. Uh, I have millennials. I, I have you know I have two sons who are millennials, and I understand how they give. And they give if their heart, they're both heart. One's heart and head, one's heart. But you know what I'm saying? It's a, but they both give if it's easy for them to give. It's got to be a touch of a button. It's got to be. So we're looking at other ways to make it easier to give. Bernice, thank you so much for making time to talk with me today. Thank you, Michelle. Glad to be here. It's been a few weeks since that conversation, and now the world has changed. But Bernice's biggest problem during this pandemic isn't figuring out how her team will work remotely. It's figuring out how she can have the greatest impact on the fragile community she serves in a crisis that none of us has a playbook for. Along with the funding and programs organized by the United Way, this crisis has called for immediate action. So Bernice rolled up her sleeves and looked for the biggest points of impact. That meant gathering a truckload of supplies for infants, from diapers to wipes to baby food, for second harvest of the Big Bend. Within 24 hours, her staff and volunteers, all safely socially distanced, sorted, organized, and distributed the critical supplies to UWBB-funded program partners who worked directly with infants and their families. It also meant working with Leon County School Superintendent Rocky Hanna and Second Harvest to help make sure thousands of children in Leon County don't go hungry while they're out of school. United Way of the Big Bend tapped its network of volunteers and connected with Publix to provide bags to hold the meals that were distributed to children and families. It also meant finding new volunteers for elder care services. Many of their regular volunteers are local seniors who needed to stay at home to limit the risk of exposure. It meant raising her voice as part of a Tallahassee Memorial Healthcare Initiative to urge people to stay at home and avoid the transmission. And it meant creating the Coronavirus Relief Fund at uwbb.org to help meet the immediate needs of our vulnerable neighbors. Now is a time for communities to come together and help those who need it most but it's also a time for leaders to rise and lead by example. Bernice practices what she preaches by reaching out to others to contribute time and resources, while at the same time putting in time and resources herself. Examples like these in the community give us hope and keep us moving forward as we fight this pandemic together. Today, you've been talking community impact with my guest, CEO of the United Way of the Big Bend, Bernice Cox. To donate to the COVID-19 Emergency Relief Fund or to learn more about the resources that are available to those in need during this crisis, please visit uwbb.org. If you want to read more about our conversation, visit saxmedia.com podcast and make sure to subscribe for more episodes on communication breakthroughs in unexpected places.